You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, relationships, all things modern culture. I'm Minji Chang, your host here in our virtual living room. I'm in the living room with <laughs> Paul Date, my special guest for this week. Um, and we're here to talk about a very important topic and one that's sadly, weirdly near and dear to my heart, <laughs> which is anger management. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Um, as you'll see, you guys will just, you know, check out the other episodes. We're just going to go through this feature topic together. You get to know Paul, my guest, and my thoughts on our feature topic and call it a day. So without further ado, welcome, Paul. Yay. Thank you for having me. To first of all, can you uh, give us a little bit of insight on who you are, your background? Because I can sing your praises, which I always do. So I'll be your hype woman eventually. <laughs> but I give you a chance to like say who you are. Oh. I guess all I can say really is I, my name is Paul and I'm a musician from Los Angeles. From Los Angeles. Yes. The city of angels and craziness. Yeah. <laughs> Which we can dive into. Which you might hear a little bit in the background because there are sirens that come by here. Every, all the time. All the time. That's like a very <laughs> common hazard just recording in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So heads up. Never a dull moment in this town. Exactly. Tons of sound effects. Um, I know Paul through Collaboration, the nonprofit that I was running um, for the last nine years. I knew Paul before I ever met him, which is because I saw his YouTube videos. Paul's an incredibly talented musician, um, producer. He he makes just very, very, I don't know. I've listened to your music when I'm like need catharsis. You know, there's some kind of like background type music. You know what I mean? But your music I listen to when like I need to go deep. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. How long have you been playing music for? Uh, since I was a child. I mean, in ter- well, uh, I've been in the music world since I was a kid and that I started, you know, learning violin and other musical things when I was a child. But then professionally, I guess I've been doing it for 10 years. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to age Ooh. you. It's all good. That's that's a distinguished Code of a badge of honor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're, we're gonna so embrace that. So I started that. when I was ten, and I'm twenty now. <laughs> I've never had my first drink. I wonder what it will be like. Oh one my day. gosh how do how do people deal with life without Ooh. alcohol? I don't know what that is at all. <laughs> um, okay, but well, speaking of of dealing with life, uh, Paul, you and I have had so many great discussions, and the reason why I wanted you have on this podcast is like your the depth of your articulation about feelings is really, really, really impressive. And one of the things that I personally struggle with, first of all, I need to just also set context that I'm Korean American, which for those of you who don't know, we have a very, very pervasive stereotype of, of having rage. Mm. And I'm here to confirm that, <laughs> that I embody that stereotype and that I struggle with it. And and then also if it matters like well is it really a stereotype for you yeah. or is it a you you thing no I mean like people Korean people at least amongst ourselves we always joke about that 
you're Korean, you have tons of rage. Like, oh, so yeah, it's like a point of pride. Have you never heard this? I not too much actually. In, I mean, I might have heard it mentioned through the collaboration circles and stuff. It's yeah. a joke. Yeah, but I didn't but know that, that joke it was is that it? big of a oh of a thing. Oh oh yeah oh. And I'm curious to know because <laughs> yeah oh PQ or STU. <laughs> and then Paul is Japanese American. Uh, specifically Okinawan American too, because there there is a difference. I want to know the difference. It's hard to explain, but it's like a. It, w- it used to be its own string of islands, and then it became part of Japan, and then America took it over, and then it's part of Japan again. So it's it's got a complicated oh, wow. history. Yeah. Okay. And I'd like to specify because I don't get treated as a Japanese person, even though I am part of that. Uh-huh. And also in, in America, I don't get treated as that. And even in the in the Japanese American community, I don't get treated. It's very complicated. Wow. So I like to I like to make a distinction. Wow. I okay. So another for next podcast. Yeah, next <laughs> podcast. I want to know. Well, for me, that's like what I feel like this podcast has been a good vehicle for me to dive into all these different parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. because for me, my Korean identity has colored and influenced so much of who I perceive myself to be how others perceive me to be mm-hmm. right like you walk into a room and they you know we're all trying to like figure each other out right size each other up by certain things right like certain identifiers so once people are like a common joke when i'm like oh i'm, I'm korean you know i walk in thinking like oh there are all these things i can joke about as soon as <laughs> i to break the ice and build connection and then other people are like oh you know i'm like yeah i know <laughs> like those things and that's why I, I love understanding the distinctions and nuances right so it's not to single you out it's just like set the lay of the land and give context like who we are oh sure sure and how we deal okay so the topic is anger management i kind of like started off by sharing the fact that i'm korean american and i have a lot of rage <laughs> and a lot of people don't would not immediately assume that about me because I'm a pretty jolly person. Mm-hmm. I'm friendly. I'm social and extrovert and all that. Um, but people who have been around me a lot in collab or like see me in producer mode or whatever, like they know they have an inkling. Like when I have a certain tone, they're like, Oh shit, <laughs> don't make me mad. And so I'm just owning up to that. Do you, and, and you, you, how would you introduce I feel yourself? When you get mad though. It's justified. Okay. Right. Generally. I mean, sure. I mean, we're all human and sometimes it's irrational, but generally I feel like your anger when you do get angry is warranted. How so? Like, that's the part that like we started this conversation in a very loud lounge at a birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Whose birthday was it? Amy's. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I was frustrated that day. Not, oh, okay. not not because of Amy's party or anything, just in just general. In life. in life. Yeah, yeah. I'm angry all the time. (laughs) This conversation that we're having today is something that I've just been forced to deal with. My entire life, really. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how do I get into it? <laughs> I don't know. See, this is, it's hard. Like, for me, okay, so one oh, of the- Warranted like, anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah warranted anger. Like, where, how, uh, why do you, like, jump into the topic saying, like, I think anger is justified? Like, shed light on that. Please. Well, I guess it, it, more importantly, the question before I can answer your question is, what makes you angry? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, are you, what, yeah, what makes you angry? At this stage in my life, I feel like my anger has evolved as I have evolved as a person <laughs> and hopefully matured. Um, one of the things that really pisses me off is two things off the top of my head. One is hypocrisy mm-hmm. is uh, preaching things that you don't practice. Sure. 
Um, secondly is entitlement. Right. Pisses me off. Just people's sense of like, I can do whatever I want with no consequence and you just deal with it. And like, cause I am X, Y, Z. Yeah. That's yeah. So uh, injustice, you know, like people who have no compassion or empathy for other people, which is tied to entitlement. Sure. But then they think that they're better than people, which makes them a hypocrite. <laughs> so those three things, I think. What about I you? I identify with exactly everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's the injustice that, that drives the rage. I think. Uh, and also, yeah, the hypocrisy. But I also get mad at myself about that too because I'm a hypocrite. Right. Just, just by being alive, you know? But I, I really value the principles that I care care about. And when I break them, it really upsets me. Mm-hmm. But I have to also accept that I'm a person and I'm going to make mistakes. And being a person, I'm going to want to be selfish and want to break my own rules. And then... I'll for my really, convenience or for my yeah. whatever. And I try very hard not to do that, but it's inevitable at some point. And then I beat myself up about it too. I get angry at myself just as much as I get angry at other people. Right. So at least I'm fair. So I'm evenly angry. Yeah. Like I am fairly angry. And that's something I've been as an adult, like through professional stuff and through romantic stuff, family stuff, like in all areas, I'm really having to come to terms with my anger, how much it can drive me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to also, like you're saying, embrace it. And like we talked about at this birthday party was that you're yeah. saying how useful anger is, right? It can be. And yeah. how we can like really demonize anger that it's like, oh, it's a negative thing. It's a negative emotion. So we should like, there's so much in us, like whether it's religion or culture or whatever that influences that anger's bad and we should, you know, don't be mad, right? Right. Or uh, people are afraid of the anger. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Or like having anger. Yeah. You know, and, and I can understand that, of course, because uh, it can be scary. Have you been afraid of your anger? Of my own anger? Yeah. No, I never had that opportunity. <laughs> How so? Because I'm because scared of my anger. anger has been part of my life since childhood, so... Do you think uh, that, okay. I did feel punished by it a lot. How do like you mean? guilty about it. Okay, you know, okay. Tortured in that way. Yeah. Where I'm like, well, why do I, why can't I not be angry? You know, uh-huh. why can't I just be peaceful and zen like everybody else? And why can't I just be all smiles all the time, you know? Right. And I, it, it made me feel really bad as a kid, but, uh, or adolescent person. You know? Yeah, I was curious, like, what, what, how old really is tough. kid? Like, when do you remember having this self-awareness of, like, the fact that you're I think an angry person? eighth grade okay. was the first time. And then in, like, ninth or tenth, I think it was ninth grade, I threw my neck out because I was so stressed with, uh, like, I had, like, a tick. Uh-huh. Because I was just so, uh, what's the word? Forget how to say it, but like it was a psychosomatic thing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, as a result of like trauma. I've and, had multiple and, friends yeah. deal with that, yeah. And I threw my neck out in class at school and I had to go to the hospital because, and that was the first time uh, I had ever experienced a physical manifestation of my emotional turmoil. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then the doctor was like, yeah, you like broke your neck basically. Well, that broke. I'm being but- traumatic, but. Yeah, but yeah, I you had, injured yourself. I kept just like kind of cracking my neck and I had done it so many times that I like. I have a myself. friend who does that. Yeah. What you just said, no one can see this because it's a right. podcast. But but I don't do that anymore. But that's what you used to do. Now I have other outlets to process my feelings. But at the time, 
I didn't know how to express myself and I wanted to just say things and do things, but everyone would just correct me and say, that's not polite, that's not nice, and that's, you're too angry or, you know, and so I just kept it all in. Yeah. And then I hurt myself. Wow. Literally. So, you know, uh, but now I am not afraid of it, you know, and I don't beat myself up about it because I like it now. Like <laughs> if I can't change it's my it, friend. I, yeah, because yeah. once you d- develop a coping mechanism and process to, to get over it or not over it, but you know what I mean? To, to process that. Yeah. Let to it, get through it or like yeah. be with it. And you do that for your whole upbringing and, mm-hmm. and, and adulting. Yes. <laughs> words are not my favorite. We, words are our friend. No, we got to embrace They're words. And then they'll work with us. <laughs> no. But, yeah. So then I eventually this year, I realized like, I can't change that, you know, and I'm going to stop letting people judge me for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop beating myself about it too, in that this is me now. And it works for me. Right. So it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. But and I feel like the challenge is to find the way to make it, to be able to live with it, right? It's kind right. of like, I think the attitudes that need time to mature as we mature as people and figure out how to deal with our thoughts and feelings, that takes experience, right? Like, right you say something out loud, you kind of act on that emotion and all of a sudden somebody will respond to that. And you're going to like, you're going to get checked every step of the way, starting from when you're a kid and you get punished for X, Y, Z, or you get praised for X, Y, you know, you're going to get all these different mechanisms that identify, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what I'm not supposed to do. Right. Right. And then also remembering that the healthy side of all of these feelings and all of these emotions exists too you know there's healthy anger there's Mm -hmm. healthy happiness and there's unhealthy happiness just as much as there's unhealthy anger right what is what do you think distinguishes healthy anger versus unhealthy anger healthy anger to me is taking whatever is troubling you and then channeling that those reactions that you have inside to to do productive things yeah build yourself up or build up other people or make art or work out or something, you know, cause that anger is just pure energy and it's very potent. And if you point it in the right direction, you can make amazing things happen. Absolutely. You know, well, we're saying we're screaming at each other in this club or like lounge as we chatted, but we're saying, you know, it can be a great catalyst to, to change. Right. And I think when you're able to not make whatever the feeling is like your enemy or is like something that you, you in your mind you're framing as like toxic or bad because that's how I felt growing up that anger is like, it is an example of why I'm a bad person. I would yeah. assign this like meaning because that's the way I was morally raised mm-hmm. in the church is that like, again, this ties into my talk with Prisca about the good girl syndrome. If you have negativity and if you're not agreeable and you're not making other people's lives easier, better, more pleasant, then you're a bad person. So I would equate the fact that I have anger or rage and like a had no assistance in like figuring out what to do with it. I just had it. And I was like, all right, well, and then you, yeah, you're beating yourself up because feeling those bad feelings, you equate that with like, I'm a terrible person. Right. Like I have these negative feelings to like towards this and this person and that thing. And I'm just bad. It's a very like cyclical, toxic relationship with the Mm -hmm. feeling that, like you said, could be a very potent fuel 
Right. Like, what about it? And now that I'm grown, right, and I've dealt with all these different types of relationships, well, what do I want to do with this anger? Like, what am I pissed about? And look, the sirens have made I an embrace the sirens right now. <laughs> you know, because why? It signals that we are in a real place. <laughs> the city. <laughs> where in the city, you know what? Problems happen and someone is going to help someone right now. Those sirens are... Ooh, clearing the road. Great example. <laughs> See, I'm so grown. <laughs> and yeah, like it's the idea of perfection too. Like, yeah, if I'm angry, then I'm not perfect. And then I'm like, you know, a fl- I'm a flawed person. God forbid I actually have three dimensions to me or right. whatever. Right. It's just that facade of like, everything's great and I'm fine. And mm-hmm. no, you're not. Right. And it's okay. Um, But I agree with that. And the distinction I would also make is that there's a difference between being angry and being hateful. Sure. Which I've been guilty of. Totally. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's also fun. I mean. That's the danger of it because it's fun. It's intoxicating. Yeah. Emphasis on toxic. (laughs) It's very enjoyable to be bitter. Mm -hmm. But when it consumes you and it defines all your actions, like. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the reality of life. You're just going to have to deal with the consequences of that. Sure. But I, I carve out a little time for myself to do it because yeah. I feel like uh, you sh- if you feel that urge to do it, you should just do it because it's a normal, natural thing to feel. Do you feel. think the problem is in the resisting of it? Like yeah, you're saying, you, like, oh, if, here's this thing I feel. And no, you may not feel exactly, that. If you never let it happen, then that's a different problem too. Mm-hmm. You, like with any feeling, if you're naturally feeling it, and you you feel like you're fighting against it, just let it happen. Just don't stay there forever. Right. But let yourself do it. You yeah. know, if you want to be sad because you're sad about things, don't fight it. Just be sad. It's okay. Just don't stay there forever. Right. You know, because right. then that could become destructive or whatever, you know? Yeah. And Prisca actually said a really powerful thing when I was talking to her at a different time when I was in a pretty negative place and feeling really shitty and angry and frustrated and sad. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was even sharing that with her, I was like, oh, I feel this and this and that, but I know this is for my betterment. And, you know, I was basically trying to talk myself out of that negative space, which in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's a bad thing, but Prisca also like as a friend gave me permission. She was just like, it's okay if you just feel shitty. Yeah, and, it is. And I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you let it pass. Right. And I know I just said, don't stay there forever, which is contradicting what I was saying. Like I'm, I live in the anger zone always. That's different from having your like home base, your emotional home base. Some people are really driven by uh, sadder feelings or more melancholy feelings mm-hmm. and i'm driven by more aggression you mm-hmm. know and and i i think last time we talked about it we were using like a terminology like anger engine you know the emotional driver mm-hmm. and i realize now that anger might be too intensive a word in that it has a lot of connotations that i don't mean to imply yeah i, I guess aggression is the the better word you okay. know because uh i'm very passionate about everything see there's there's euphemisms for everything mm-hmm. i prefer the word passionate right and that could easily translate into just like oh she's like really she's an angry person right and, and that, i've been and that makes me so frustrated when people um because i'm being passionate and they're like oh yeah why are you angry like that's not what i'm doing yeah you know and even if i'm angry the thing is i'm also trying to decipher okay if i'm angry that someone did a shitty thing to hurt someone else 
Yeah. I don't feel bad about being angry about that. And Why you are you angry? <laughs> like, exactly. What the heck? You know what I mean? But like, so for me, all of these or... words are interchangeable right. because look, if you're going to judge me and call me angry, then you damn right. I am angry mm-hmm. and I'm owning it now. And I love it. <laughs> I am free. It makes me feel empowered actually, okay. you know, because other people are so scared of it in their own lives that they don't do it. But then they turn into these like liars Emotional liars, and they're like smiling and laughing, and then they have a breakdown, right? You know, and sometimes I'm the recipient of that breakdown, and that they just vent and they yell at me and they treat me like garbage mm-hmm. in a passive aggressive way. And I'm like, that's not fair, yeah. Let yourself be mad, go be mad, like do that, but don't do it to me in that in this way, yeah, because you're a liar, you're saying nothing's wrong, everything's fine, and then you do something really bitchy. You know? (laughs) Yeah. That hurts me. Yeah. Not fair. So I think the maturity in what you're saying is and the process of like, again, the topic is anger management. Like it's not to like deny anger and it's, uh, we're kind of distinguishing. It's not healthy or helpful to deny it, suppress it, pretend that it's not there to misdirect it also. Like you're saying, right? Yeah. Like, in letting it be, you also got to like figure out what you want to do with it and how, because mm-hmm. for me, like the danger in, I guess the, why I feel scared to applaud anger too much or like to be too like liberating and like say, Hey, everyone go be, go be fucking pissed. <laughs> like I'm scared of that for my safety because like, if I, we do that, then I'm like, okay, what does that mean? You're going to do? Cause whatever you feel like you have the justification to do in your anger is dangerous. Some people have the capacity to like figure out what they want to do in a healthy, constructive way. And sometimes you're like letting out a beast and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And like part and parcel, the, all the school shootings that have been happening, not school shootings. It's like shootings, like public shootings, or just right? violence. In the, yeah. Which is violence. Right. Yeah. And that's a very common manifestation of anger. Right. right. And so I think, in in this conversation where we're like liberating people to kind of embrace the anger and like sit in it, be okay with it. It's also finding a ways that are not destructive. <laughs> sure. But I feel like the, the violent expressions of anger are more a response to just not feeling heard. Mm-hmm. And I understand that very much in that uh, when I didn't know how to properly express my feelings in a positive, a productive manner, mm-hmm. uh, I was easily dismissed. People just didn't know or didn't want to deal with me. Right. Didn't know how to talk to me. And it was easier for them to just judge me and be like, oh, you're just an angry person. You need to get over it and better yourself. And they would give me books or encourage me to sign up for classes or buy therapy sessions for me. Like, that's not what I need. I just need you to acknowledge that these feelings I have are real and these thoughts I have are normal Mm -hmm. and allowed. Right. But they won't, they never gave me that growing up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends don't even do that now mm-hmm. because they can't do that for themselves or what, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Right. But uh, it's very frustrating for me even today in that just expressing normal feelings from a natural place scares people. Yeah. You well, know? honesty, again, it's a reflection. What I'm trying to learn as as I continue to interact with so many different types of people is the way that people will react to me is not a reflection of me. That whole concept of like what you're reacting to is where you're at. It's not like if you take what I said, 
it's it's a push pull. It's like it's a really I mean, I'm not by any means like some psychologist or like professional. All I can reflect on are my actual experiences. But I used to be so convinced that if I act a certain way and people respond a certain way, that that defines who I am. Right. It's that valid, that outward validation. And I think that immature mentality led me down some pretty destructive paths because it's always seeking that validation and whatever someone's thoughts and opinions are about me define me. Mm -hmm. That's very incorrect and dangerous. It's like you're you're never going to be satisfied and having that sense of self and embracing of self still is what I'm working on now. But it's just really like that whole grander notion. Like if you're pissed at me, that's kind of more where you're at, not because that says who I am. Right. That makes sense. Sure. It and, does. Yeah. But the, the, yeah, but the, the violence part comes from just that, that disconnect. Yeah. And also just the lack of um, understanding and empathy because I have felt those moments of just extreme emotional violence too, and maybe physical Violence in terms of um, like destroying property. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, I might have thrown a book out a window. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I broke phones. Oh why? I know you're so what expensive. I, that's what I'm saying. This is the destructiveness of your anger. <laughs> you learn through like making very expensive, terrible mistakes. Yeah, I, I would put break a hole in my parents' things that wall. didn't have value. Well, uh, books have value. <laughs> the knowledge within is very priceless. Yeah. So, I mean, or, there's there's ways that I dealt with my anger. Or you go anger. to Dyson and you buy a bunch of $1 things and then you break them. <laughs> what, you know, if, I don't know. If that's the thing, like, I, I always think of uh, office space. No, I'm sorry, I'm joking here. But but I, I do remember feeling moments of just like uncontrolled, violent rage. Mm-hmm. And that was because I just felt like I had no other option left. And mm-hmm. it was more a cry for help rather than wanting to hurt people. Right, for sure. And, the fear, the the really infuriating part on top of that was no one took it as a cry for help. People took it as an attack. Right. You know? Right. And that even still happens conversationally now. When I express feelings about something, people take it as an attack. Right. And it's like, I'm not doing that. And then when I try to explain where I'm coming from, the reaction is, well, oh, see, you have to make it about you and... And be selfish about like, yeah, you're just going to lecture us again. Like, that's not what's happening. And then I have to like calm down and remember, they don't speak this language. Mm -hmm. They don't know me and Mm -hmm. they don't know this concept. Mm -hmm. And it's not worth trying to like yell at them in my language if they're not going to understand, you know? Yeah. But they have to understand that I am speaking a different language, but they don't. That's And then they just judge me in turn, you know? Well, then I think that it'll hopefully continue to refine the types of people that you interact with because you'll feel a natural connection and ability to speak the same language. Do you know what I mean? I sure. feel like then you'll be able to distinguish, Oh, these are people that I can relate to. And these are the words and mechanisms we can use to like be on the same fucking page. So we can actually have a conversation versus like you feeling like I'm lecturing you and me feeling like I'm being judged like completely yeah. unjustifiably. Right. Right. And like, I've had to deal with that. I've dealt with more of like fighting to even be okay with the anger to even express it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's the fact that I'm female and just being Korean. Like I'm very aware that it's all there, but I'm still not okay with like, 
literally saying the word no, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, that's not okay with me. You can't treat me like that. You right. know, whatever. I don't want to do that. Like, and those things add up incrementally to that feeling of just like it bottles up and you like, you feel like you're going to explode. Right. And then it's in some fashion it does explode. And for me, it would like come up a lot in people closest to me. And that's terrible. Cause it's like, my family or like people that I love would be, they would be on the receiving end of like all this like bottled up rage. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in that part, I have to like accept responsibility for the fact that like I have all these emotions. I'm just not dealing with it properly. Sure. And I'm, um, I would love to continue improving that in my own life as well. Yeah. But at the same time, I really hope that others do some more work as well in understanding that, I'm not the only one that feels this way. For sure. I'm not the only one that operates this way. For sure. And to pretend that I am a uh, an anomaly or treat me like I'm, I'm an anomaly is deeply unfair to other people. Right. Not just me. Right. You know? And to yourself, too, in that you're denying this potential good thing in your life. Right. You know, it is it is all how you use this energy. But this I, potent energy. I like how you de- describe it's, it. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm not saying that I I recommend it for everyone. <laughs> this is just how I've learned how to deal with it in my own life, and then embrace it because I can't change it. It is a part of me, right. and I don't want to change it because it is a part of me. Because for you, it has helped you make constructive movement in a yeah. way that, like, you don't feel bad about, and that's that's good. I think again, sure. you're. You're doing your work to like develop a healthier relationship with your anger. Yes. Which a lot of people just have it and it'll just be there and then, you know, it'll explode and have <laughs> well, shrapnel, emotional shrapnel <laughs> all over the damn place. Well, I guess my 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 way of uh, being productive with it is like I, I talk to it and I was like, you don't, I don't work for you. You mm-hmm. work for me. Mm-hmm. And I need you to do that now. Yo, that's, that's what... I, that's the, oh God, what's the term? It's like, it doesn't control you. Sometimes. It okay. Does, Cause I'm not perfect. At yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, but in mistakes. general, you're not at its mercy. Like you have it. It's there. You acknowledge it. You're like, all right, there you are. Yeah. Well, this I'm is like a pretty right recent decision I've made. Maybe like a, in the past year or two where mm-hmm. I decided to just let go of the, the guilt about being a, a, a passionate person. Or an aggressive person or an angry person because that is me and I like me. Mm-hmm. I like that. It makes me feel good in that it, I feel strong and I feel uh, empowered again and all, all those other positive connotations of, of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. So when people are like, you have to let it go. And I was like, no, I don't want to let it go because what was the point if I do let it go in the way that you suggest the whole Zen of it all, why did I go through all that pain in my entire life? Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to forget all the things that make me me. I don't want to be consumed by it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to let it go and that it no longer is part of me. Maybe it that's needs the difference. To stay with me. The difference in language too. Sure. Maybe and, the, yeah. they're they're framing it that way because in their mind, letting go means like to get through it and make it not be what is Sure. Consuming you. Right. And I know they mean it in that healthy way. Right, where right, right. you don't let it consume you. But but uh, some people actually, I don't know if they know. Some people I think they really feel letting go is like taking it outside your soul and then dissolving it into the a- uh, air. Right. Or the atmosphere. 
And some people, that works for them. But, but that doesn't work for me. Not everybody. Yeah, I, I want to keep it with me in that uh, it's it's me. I, I am on a similar page where I want to be able to acknowledge it, not let it control me. It's mm-hmm. not going to dictate everything that I do. Sit with it. The, the older I get, the quicker I come to these realizations. It right. kind of... I, I evolve through the emotions faster. So mm-hmm. I go through the anger, the rage is there. And then I'm like, but I've, I, and it's experience too. Like I've already hurt people through reacting completely in anger and rage and like bitterness and resentment and like mm-hmm. hatred. Mm-hmm. I've already been there and done that. I know how that feels. And I know that the result of that was not what I wanted. Right. So even in the anger, like learning how to maintain some level of logic and like, Letting my heart and brain basically be in the same space, that's fucking hard. <laughs> and like, yeah. I'm learning how to be like, okay, I got this. And this is what, but I keep my mind ultimately on what's the objective. What do I want? I want this anger to be transmuted or like evolve into like action that makes me feel good. Like, I do focus on the good that I want, the constructive thing that I want. What is it that I want with my dad? I don't want to fight with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to like, be screaming at him. I don't want him to be screaming at me or feeling like I'm a failure or like I disappoint him. And I don't want to look at him like he ruined my life or whatever, <laughs> which is how I looked at it as a teenager. You right. know what I mean? It was all this blame and like rage of like, you know, you're so broken and you're this and you're that. And like Korea's fucked up and like all this stuff, right? The church is, there are a bunch of hypocrites, like had all this anger that like, it didn't take me anywhere constructive. And that's maybe just that chapter of my life that I needed to go through. Sure. But, but those are valid feelings. I still, and I validate those feelings. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's real shit. So I still feel that. But like, again, what's the objective? I think of like, well, with my dad, I have all this anger, but I want us to be happy. I want us to be able to have a conversation without me crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want him to feel like he's a bad father. Cause at the end of the day, I still respect him and like appreciate him. Right. Because I'm choosing to do that versus like sit in that bitterness. Right. Right. And I don't want to be 60 or like, I don't want to be old and then have all these regrets. Like I think about all those things of like, what do I, what, what's going to like actually help me down the road versus like, what's the short term payoff that where I'll feel satisfaction from this behavior, this choice, or if I do all of this just out of pure rage versus like feel the rage, calm your ass down and then come back to it later when you can like speak with some level of calmness right right um that's where i'm at currently like i've hurt a lot of people with my anger sure because it's been so like just a wild card of like she's a fucking tornado and we don't know where she's gonna go you know what i mean right and that's how i grew up with my dad his mood would change on a dime Mm -hmm. he could go from being like completely pleasant and usually wasn't he's pretty kind of like serious stoic guy and then all of a sudden something would trigger him and he just like would snap and me growing up walking on eggshells, always being like sensitive to his mood because if his mood got messed up, it ruined a lot of things. Right. Mm-hmm. And even this, like, I feel bad sharing this. Like it's the Asian thing. Don't air your dirty laundry. But like a lot of my anger comes from being around my dad. I learned yeah. that behavior. And to be honest, like I wonder even like DNA wise is like our culture, the traumas that we've inherited from our. Oh, sure. I'm sure that is a factor. In ancestors. Some yeah. Yeah. Or just even family history or you know, personal history, all of the, all of the above. Yeah. But yeah, 
Yeah. It's understanding it. I think like the reason why I like talking about it is helps me not feel like I'm a crazy person. Exactly. That's the, that's being the so biggest point of like disappointment for me when, when uh, you just get labeled as crazy, you know, or broken. Yeah. And We're it, all and broken, so We man. are. Yeah, we all are. We are all but, so broken. But in the context of that conversation, that's a very unfair thing to say because you're not saying it to be nice. You're not saying it to be embrace, uh, loving or caring. You're right. saying it to be mean. Right. You know? Or to feel like superior. Yeah. 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 You know? And, and so, yes. But yeah, you're right because I... Uh, I remember being a kid and just being afraid to go home, you know, because I didn't feel safe there. Mm-hmm. So that that that's where the injustice comes from. And I also, for me, it's a thing that I cannot stand it if someone is mad at me for no, like something I didn't do. If I didn't do anything wrong and you're mad at me, it, it consumes me. That really is a difficult thing for me. And that is one example of something that, yes, I should zen it out and let it go because yeah. I can't do anything about that. And that is not a me thing. That's a you thing. Yeah. So, and that, that is another thing that, um, uh, is difficult for, I think other people to understand when I'm talking about my own life and my own feelings and my own existence, you are not allowed to be offended by that. Stay in your lane. But if my words hurt you, I think you gotta, you gotta think about that. Go home and that's a you thing. Don't tell me what to do with my life or how I'm allowed to feel and what I'm allowed to do with my own existence. If I'm doing something to you then by all means, stand up for yourself and tell me to shut the fuck up. But if all I'm doing is sharing my own feelings about my own thoughts, you shut the fuck up. Or it's triggering something in them. like Yes. And then if they're honest, like, hey, like that's really heavy material and that's really hard for me to hear. By all means, like, you know what? Sorry, that, that, I, that, that I understand and I respect. Yeah. But if you're like, you can never say that. You can't do that. You can't feel this. You can't. Shut, shut up. <laughs> You know, that there's a difference and some people don't know how to properly express that. So I guess I need to be more patient, but it's compassion, but it's like kind of like if you're in the same spot and that's the thing that I I learned a lot in my hippie dippy way (laughs) through meditation and through acting, to be honest, Mm -hmm. like playing again, my anger, like my tendency to be to easily access my rage <laughs> lends itself for me to play characters who have some like a chip on their shoulder. Sure. I've played some really pleasant characters, but I've also played some really like horrible quote unquote people. Yeah. And like doing that, learning about yourself again, why if I could have it my way, I would encourage and if I could assign everybody to take an acting class, it really helped me understand myself Mm-hmm. through the safety of playing someone else. Yeah. You have to find that connection. Like, how am I supposed to play this villain, right? Like, yeah. how am I supposed to play Cruella de Vil? How am I supposed to play, you know, what? whoever? Mm-hmm. You have to find where your humanity connects with that character's humanity. How do they look at themselves? What is their motivation? Why are they right. doing these things? And the reality is everybody in their own mind, whether you can step back and objectively say they're a good or bad person, which like, who are we to say those things? Mm-hmm. Everyone's the hero in their story. Everyone's the protagonist in their story. Everyone has a reason why they do stuff. And a yeah. lot of hurt people hurt people, right? So like identifying that and not judging that so harshly and just being compassionate towards that and being like, man, like if I understood the backstory, if I dove deep into someone else's life, I would understand, yeah, they come from a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. They, you know, 
had all these disadvantages in this way. They never had, they had these people attack them in this way. So yeah, it kind of makes sense why they are that way. It's not senseless. It makes sense. Right. Right. So that to me, you know, I still have to learn how to practice it, but what I'm trying to do is when I look at other people, the basic assumption that I try to embody is like, you're more like me than you're different. Mm-hmm. And even if you think you're not an angry person or you think that like whatever, that's fine too. And I'm not even judging for that. I'm like, that might be the way that you think, but I think deep down we have all the same, we have a lot of similar insecurities, a lot of the same fears, sure, a lot of the same like things that make us feel defensive and angry. Mm-hmm. Those are way more similar than you are different. And so I, fi- I found for me in my life, in my relationships, when I approach people to really like, to actually really believe that concept and then, use that when I approach somebody, change the dynamic off the bat mm-hmm. because it changed the language that I use. It changed like the tone of voice. It just changed the way I viewed people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like I'm better than you because I have my shit together. You <laughs> just like throw your, you know, like it really made me hopefully and increasingly, I'm not even like where I want to be, but like increasingly more empathetic and more compassionate. Sure. Because I would want to be treated that way. Right. Like in my moment of like, being a mess, whatever you want, or angry right. or whatever, not just like a pleasant, lovely, smiley, you know, perfect skin and like, am, you know, glowing light around me. <laughs> well, that's the danger halo. of our culture. We prioritize happiness to an unhealthy degree. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfair to us uh, just as people as a whole that we deny other emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, we're unhealthy as a culture in that way. I, I, I agree with the the need to acknowledge balance. Sure. And the thing, some people aren't driven by any specific emotion in their regular everyday life. Some people really are evenly distributed and some people are driven more by passion or happiness or whatever. It You can pick your inside out character however you like. <laughs> but uh, I, I, my, my biggest point is just, it's okay to have, if you feel really driven by one feeling over the others, that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you, but it can be a bad thing if you don't truly embrace it and let it inform you in a healthy way and guide you in a healthy way. Right. You know, but the, the thing that really frustrates me is when I feel like I'm being actually productive and doing good things with my anger, people misinterpret that as negativity mm-hmm. or, uh, can you give an example? Just my sense of humor. Okay. You know? Or just regular hanging out. Like I like to to just hang out and make jokes that are dark or sarcastic or meta or super cartoony. Like I like to jump around, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I also like to shit talk. It's fun and it's <laughs> it's hurtless. What's the word? It's harmless. Hurtless. <laughs> it's both. Hurtless is not a word. It can be. It can be. <laughs> But uh, it it is harmless. It's just fun. I'm just talking about things that really don't matter. And I enjoy just pointing out the absurdity in in things. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like that because they take it as negativity. Mm -hmm. But in my world, it's not. It's just pointing out things that are true. Like calling it what it is. Yeah. And isn't it fun to point out these truths that no one acknowledges? I mean, that's a lot of comedians. That's their job is like why we gravitate towards stand up and like sketch comedy is to mock or like to make fun of sure. 
the absurdities and the ironies of life. Yeah, and then some people take that as me being a negative or hateful person, and that that hurts me when I get that feedback. Is like, ugh, you have no idea that I'm actually super optimistic. That's why I'm so passionate and angry. Mm-hmm. But to be labeled a pessimist and to be labeled a negative person makes me so frustrated because in reality they're the ones that are really negative and pessimistic. Well, if they're if that could be their interpretation, right? Like I know that you are, have your dark humor. Yeah. And I know that you have like your specific way, but I don't label you as a as a negative person. Well, thank For you. For me, I'm like <laughs> Paul's really funny and he's very insightful and he thinks a lot and I like that because I like being around people who don't take everything face value. And just, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's the, the, the blurs, the blessing and curse of being around a lot of artists, right? There are people who don't just, we can't just like load on by Mm -hmm. things impact us. We think on things, we ruminate, we write about it. We make songs about it. We make films about it. Right. And, um, but I do think that there is value in finding a way to not have, again, kind of like being compassionate enough to like be aware of where other people are at. Of course. To honor your feelings and say, look, this is just the way that I feel. And this is like the reality of that. Like I, I can enter a lot of rooms and like, I can be kind of a dream crusher sometimes (laughs) because I'm very, as much as I'm an optimistic, hopeful, like solution driven person. Yeah. I'm also a realist. I'm like, okay, all these people want to be great actors, but they suck. Like, you know, and then everyone's like, damn, that's harsh. But I'm like, we're not going to get better if we just like right. paint something well, that's the a way that it's different not. different conversation in that, well, in the Asian American community, we are getting over it. Yeah. But still, we are guilty of celebrating mediocrity out of uh, concern of representation. Yeah. But also there's realness. Uh, and I say being in collaboration for nine years, there's a reason why everybody's so fragile. It becomes it's it's that complete disconnect of being okay with not being perfect. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with that like a bl- the blow that could be just like a pet like a little thing. It's like a like sure, I'm and it is also about context too. There are platforms that are built to be experimental um, think tanks or whatever they're called, like ex- like places to explore and try things, like an incubator or sure, yeah. yeah. A safe place to test out material or whatever. That's that that's thing that that's its own thing. And then, but when you're talking about like the the professional world of any anything art <laughs> yeah. or anything, you know, yeah, then it's a different context, different standards. Yeah, and you are allowed to say like that's not good, you know, and mm-hmm. and and you can't um, you can't blame someone for having a professional opinion on professional work. Mm-hmm. In the professional world, because just because oh, but you can't say that because uh, you're, it, hurting, you're, you're hurting the community. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like no, I'm allowed to do that. I am a musician before I am an Asian American or before I'm anything else. Yeah, to me at least, that's my identity. Yeah. So you're you're going to be in my world of music. I'm allowed to have an opinion, right? You know, as long as you're asserting your professionalism, then I can evaluate you professionally too. Right. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of this comes down to. How do we communicate, not right. only externally, but to ourselves? Mm-hmm. I think that conversation with yourself on like how you're feeling, why, and what you're going to allow, and if you're okay, and not honestly, that, that big thing that we talked about right at the top of the conversation is like that beating of our own selves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like beating ourselves up is not conducive to like 
to becoming better or like becoming more peaceful or becoming happier. It's, it can be, it's beating yourself up is different than like allowing yourself to just feel angry. Sure. So I think we're all in a process of maturing and you know, Paul and I say it's okay for you to be. Yeah, if you feel this way and you are driven by this emotion more than others and you really feel that that's who you are, that is okay. But also, it can be great. Yes. But that takes work. Also, I want to know like, you got to do the work to like, it's different than like showing up in a room and like basically taking an emotional bat at people and then telling people to just deal with it. That's not. What I'm saying. If only it was that easy. (laughs) It's, you got to figure out a way to like communicate, channel it. I think that art or writing or music or whatever, like sports, like something where you can be friends with your everything, your rage, your like (laughs) your sexuality, like all of it. Like we're very, very multidimensional human beings. Find your way to deal with it. And ideally in the process, you know, inflict as much less as least harm on yourself and other people. Like, and I really do like mental health is like in general, a really big deal for me. And I, and I want to hear your thoughts on that, Paul, like for the management, what your best practices are, because to me, I'm just like, yo, like meditation has saved my life. I think it saved my health Mm -hmm. because it did give me permission to just be a human, but it also gave me quiet space to like, just for me to shut the fuck up to myself Right. And then to channel it. And if I have, you know, when I'm making more money, I'm going to get therapy. Like, I don't want to have, I don't want to just knowing my own tendencies. I don't want to be a menace to like my future family. Like I want to learn how to manage it. I'm going to figure out my way. And also for me, acting and writing has Mm -hmm. been a huge way to just like laugh at the anger. Right. (laughs) And the absurdity of it. But not everyone is me and not everyone's in this industry and not everyone's dealing with that same thing. So kind of like, what are your bigger meta recommendations on how to manage? I don't know what other people need, but if I was going to talk to myself and give myself a structure to Mm -hmm. uh, betterment, I would just say therapy is everywhere. It doesn't have to be in an office with a therapist. Totally true. Just like church can be anywhere, you know, or you can hold community anywhere. Mm -hmm. So... I remind myself not to fall uh, uh, into that trap of, oh, like I'm not actually doing work for myself or or improving myself if I'm not in an office talking to a professional, you know, Mm -hmm. because I don't respond to that, actually. Therapy in that uh, um, context doesn't connect with me. So I choose to just talk to myself or talk it out with friends or think but meditation also doesn't work with me either because I just can't be that still. Oh, I yeah. My thing that my meditation is yoga. Is like I know, or you know, actually, sleeps. my meditation is sleep. Good. I no, sleep a lot. Sleeping, when I can, when I, I can, it's my favorite thing to do. That's weekends. Yeah, I don't sleep, and I do. I do a dream sleep whenever I can because it's really. What fun. do you mean dream sleep? Just uh, it's you're just kind of like dozing in and out is that with those i never take the time to do that i'm either like i time myself i'm like i have 12 minutes if you sleep great if you don't like you have your 12 minutes oh well that's the kind of person i am right see yeah (laughs) everyone is different right but i love like on a saturday or a sunday to Uh just not wake up 
at all. Like, I mean, I'm conscious, but, but I'm not, not like, out of awake. bed. And I'm definitely not really awake either. I'm just kind of like lazying around. But it's it's a, in, in an enjoyable way and in a healthy way too because that's when I process a lot of my feelings and thoughts. And that is, I guess, close the closest to meditation that I, I get to. My thing is I'm not able to quiet my mind. So I do guided meditations. I'm literally putting positive stuff in my brain as much as possible to neutralize all the negative. And it's worked. Ah. It's taken a long it's taken a long time for me to see the difference, mm-hmm. but it's changed. Like right. I definitely know my immediate reaction used to be a lot more severe and a lot more negative before I started doing guided meditations. And I literally did that through YouTube mm. and I make it a daily, I do sleep hypnosis and guided meditations every night. Wow. So it's, it's helped me. And then not only am I defaulting to that, that was my first line of defense. I was like, my brain is nuts. So (laughs) I need to like get in there when I can like outsmart my own brain, which is when I'm sleeping. My brain is very vulnerable. I'm still listening. Mm -hmm. So I went to YouTube and I did that. Wow. Yeah. It helps. And then I noticed that I was less foggy because I was so stressed out and like pulled in a million different directions. And then things would trigger me and then it would spark anger when like it really wasn't necessary. Right. And so I would like be not completing emails. Like I'd be in the middle of a sentence, Paul, and be like, the hell am I writing again? You know, like my brain was just like short circuiting. Right. So for me, I I've done meditations on anger. Mm -hmm. I've done meditations on anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, depression, even I don't think I suffer from a lot of depression. I did at one point when I was younger. But it's a lot of anger, anxiety. Um, like I do confidence meditations. Yeah. Abundance meditations. I worry a lot about money and like oh, all sure. that, right? Relationships, like all those things. So that's I, how yeah. I started. I just talk to myself. I that's- literally talk to myself. I actually have a conversation. I like, well, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? And then I I and then I'll either think the answer or say the answer. And then I respond like, well. Is that allowed? Like, is that a justifiable feeling or what, what else is going on? And then I go through the checklist like, well, am I upset about this or is it this or was I fair? Was it fair for me to feel this way in that situation? And if the answer is yes, then I got to be like, well, then you got to get over it because you didn't do anything wrong and you need to have confidence in this process mm-hmm. and in yourself and know that it is not part of you and it was somebody else in their own things and you need to just stop. Because that is when you go from the healthy anger to the destructive side, mm-hmm. or the pas- the healthy passion to the destructive, whatever like bitterness it is. or yeah, yeah yeah feeling vengeful or like mm-hmm. whatever yeah. And other times, like, did you actually do something wrong? If the answer is yes, then you gotta make it right. Yes, you know? that's very important too. Yeah, yeah, and I've and I've definitely made some bad choices in <laughs> my rage. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm, well, I mean, not okay. In- it was okay to have gone through it to learn from it and to remedy it. To yes. yeah, like yeah. I and um, you know, I'll still struggle. Like, oh, I really regret that. I re- I shouldn't have said that because sure. like to sit in that and to be angry at myself or like feel shame or guilt mm-hmm. sometimes is a useful thing too. Like, I don't ever want to repeat that again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to inflict pain. And I know for a fact that a lot of the things I say, my emotional awareness Mm -hmm. is a superpower because a lot of people won't have that self-awareness. So I know how to strike emotionally, you know, invisibly where it hurts the most. Oh, to other people. To other people. Oh, yeah. It is very much, it's like with great power comes great responsibility, y'all. 
Well, that's that's the destructive side of self-awareness and mm-hmm. that you become aware of yourself to the point where you know how to hurt other people mm-hmm. in that you're either aware of them and how they operate or you're aware of how you can use your things to be destructive to right. other people. Right. <laughs> Dangerous times, but... <laughs> but it's... It can be fun. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I'm just joking. But, uh, but yeah, that that's what I do. I talk to myself, and it's that's actually enjoyable for me. I journal, so uh, I do that. What you're saying in written form, where I allow myself to be 100 percent honest. Like even if I sound like an asshole for like I'll you know what I mean. Like oh, and if I hate this person. Like I'll just say it, mm-hmm. and then looking at it, I'm like. No, like that's not the kind. Like I'll acknowledge it. I know, and I try myself. Like to, you know, step out of myself and be like, yeah, "That's not the kind of person I want to be." Mm-hmm. But like, shit, like it's honest. You know, what I, mean? I don't know. It's a process. It's a weird yeah. like awareness. Like that's you. If I read this and someone else, you know, someone else had written this, I'd be like, "Damn, they're they're harsh and like <laughs> really mean and like not understanding." And then it makes me process it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that person's probably like they're going through a hard time. I think I'm being unfairly right. Like I'm, it's too much, you know? Sure. And like, I'll figure that out through writing it down. Right. So if that works for other people, I mean, journaling helps a lot, but I also used to write like someone else is going to read my thing. And that's where it's like, uh-huh. now you're not being truthful. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, in case anyone discovers my journal, like, well, see, that's why I don't meditate in that way because I feel that pressure to just be like this good person mm-hmm. and just be very like tea garden, you know, <laughs> where's the bell, <laughs> you know? And that's like the wind rustles through the bamboo, like yeah, that yeah, kind of, yeah. and like, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my meditation is what the fuck's wrong with you? I look at him. Like I, I just walk around and he's like, why, what, what? I confront myself in that way. Good. And that, that's that. Yeah. So <laughs> And if I journaled too, this would be the same thing. I would just be like, I, w- I would definitely edit everything out. Yeah. And that's what, I think the unedited version. Yeah. So as much as again, we're here to, we're here to uh, support whatever your process is. Hopefully we gave you some, uh, some ideas of what you can do. Yeah. And, and I'm resisting the urge to explain to the people that I know are not going to connect with anything I said in this. Right. Cause that is my, it's, it's so hard. You, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just feel that compulsion to just be like, no, but like, it's, a, it's like, don't be mad or don't be hurt. And, and then I want to suddenly apologize for everything I said. And then that's unfair to everyone. Right. And that if I, if I keep doing that, then I'm undermining everything I just talked about and I undo all the progress that I've made. So well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But I'm just acknowledging that I feel this huge compulsion to be like if you felt hurt by what i said i'm so sorry but uh, you know like i'm not doing it you find your i think <laughs> like it really is because every relationship's so unique like you find mm-hmm. your you you got to feel it out and you got to like if it matters to you sometimes it's going to re- require the discomfort of either like saying things that might be really uncomfortable for you to say or to mm-hmm. shut up like for me sometimes like shutting up is really hard right yeah like, when i'm just mad it's easier for it to just bleh, uh-huh. versus like a I'm so mad or like, I'm so like through the roof right now. Anything that comes out of my mouth is not going to be what I want. The end result. Again, I think about what my objective is. Like I'm going to obliterate this person. Cause I know what that feels like. I already know <laughs> I'm going to like destroy them. 
It's not going to be constructive. I'm going to then have to clean up that mess on top of explaining what I actually wanted to like say. Ah, So like I have to feel that out. And again, this is after years of having damaged relationships and that that damage can sometimes be irreparable. You cannot Mm -hmm. you can't shatter a glass and just put it all back together to be what it used to be. That's the danger of that anger. So it's like, you know. No, it's, it's figured out. Right. So. I, when I enter a fight, I don't have the um, intention to destroy anybody. I don't have the intention to destroy, but I do. I have done. Ah, I see. Yeah. I don't feel that that's generally what happens with, with me if in an argument because I'm more about like, confront all the feelings. What? What is happening? But other people are and not- And I negotiate that, you know, but, but in most, a very passionately aggressive, intense manner. But a lot manner. of people are not ready for that. That's the reality. Yes. It's like most people are very, very scared of confrontation. I think that'll just be kind of the ongoing thing of humanity. Like we don't want to ever be, you know, aware of how bad we are. Right. But like I'm not something. afraid to fight. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying I want to fight all the time, but I'm saying when, when you do arrive at that point where a fight is warranted, I welcome it in that this is going to make us better. If we are friends, it's going to make our friendship better. That's how I go into it. And mm-hmm. I will give you the fight that you deserve. I will bring it. I'll bring you dynamics. <laughs> I will give you like expressive words and yeah. emotions and feelings. And I'll give you a good, healthy, enjoyable fight. Yeah. That's but your attitude. People don't, that's my attitude. Yeah. But other people don't share that with me. Also, what I will say, I, I agree with that. But also what I've recognized in being a person that is more okay with confrontation, just because mm-hmm. I've had to deal with conflict in various forms throughout my life. And I challenge myself like, okay, if that makes you so uncomfortable, you're just going to have to deal with it. Versus other people who will like run for the hills and like do everything in their power to avoid conflict at all costs. Sure. What I also acknowledge, because again, like, understanding my own anger is that I don't want to unfairly rain upon somebody else anger that is not rooted in anything they did. You know what I'm saying? Like I have done that where like I'll have pent up anger from a ton of other shit. Right. And then I can feel it that the intensity of the anger is not just from this incident. You know what I mean? I, oh, right. For me, if the anger is equivalent to what's warranted, uh-huh. that's I don't have an issue with that. I'm not going right. to walk away feeling mad, right? When I it, when I get into arguments or like I I deal with somebody who's being like a misogynist or like totally disrespectful to women, I could mm. I know that I could rain on this one person all of my decades of like <laughs> latent anger, right? Like right. I could easily you're a fucking terrible human being. And I have, I've yelled at people like that before. And it's not a good feeling because that person is like, they're just so they did something wrong, but like, I'm like now punishing them with all the wrath of like, Oh, right. Other things. Right. (laughs) So that's what I I have to acknowledge that because I've done that. And it's, it's also, that's dangerous. Right. Well, by confrontation, I mean, I'm not looking for a fight, Yeah. but if someone, uh, if if a friend or anyone does a thing where it's it is an actual the a, a provoking you know they they said something uh, whatever like if you actually say something that does result in a fight with me because like, I don't ah I don't try to attack people yeah yeah but I will meet you there if you do shoot the first shot. Is that the expression? You're not gonna back Fire down the first like, shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to back down because like, oh, I respect you enough that if you're going to do that, I'll meet you there. Yeah. You know, Let's you're going to be passive aggressive. 
clearly something's upsetting you. Let's go. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. What is it? But then if that freaks people out, then I don't know where to go. You know, yeah. I yeah. have to figure out other solutions, but it is very frustrating <laughs> because like clearly you want to fight, but you don't want to fight. Yeah. So you don't actually deal with it. Yeah. Like some, but you want to fight cause you're doing these weird things and you're like, you're slamming doors or, you know, whatever it is saying things or outwardly actually starting a fight. And then when I go like, Oh great, you're going to do it. I meet you there. And then, Back out with, I can't handle this. I can't handle you. I can't do this. Like, well, damn it. (laughs) Damn it. We are so close. So many layers to peel back. Paul, I think hopefully our conversation has made people's wheels turn. I hope. Like, I hope. Yeah. I want, um, it's an ongoing thing for me to deal with. I honestly was a little bit afraid to even put something on air, like admitting to my rage. (laughs) But again, it's part of me just like becoming friends with it. I'm like, okay, it's part, if I don't villainize it so much and if I don't give it so much power, Mm -hmm. then honestly, I feel like it'll just be less of a problem. That's my hope is that I can just be a normal human. I can have different emotions. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I'll figure out how to deal with them in a way that I don't feel terrible, that I'm not, making people feel too terrible. Like we can just be people together and right. figure it out. Right. Um, Cause that's my goal. Yeah. My goal is to just share this philosophy of it can be a good thing. It is up to you mm-hmm. and how you want to use this energy. If this energy is too much for you that it becomes unmanageable or destructive, then maybe consider a different solution. But in this case, I I feel good about it. And And if other people feel that same way, then, great and if you don't like it then then that's then then that's fine but let's hopefully find better ways of um communicating because i exist you exist and and these are real things Absolutely. so and and it, it is unfair in that our, our our culture and how we communicate doesn't really allow for this type of communication to exist mm-hmm. or if it does it's shunned so yeah, I'm working to find healthy ways of expressing this, and I really hope that we can make space for that. Well, I hate <laughs> saying that term, but the, the eye roll. But yeah, uh, but you know what I mean. I'm yeah. making space for this on my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you, Paul, for sitting down and talking this through with me on air. You know, that's it's some people aren't comfortable with like being real about that. Sure. I've just said like how uncomfortable I've been, but this feels great. And um, where can people find your music? More about you, your humor. <laughs> <laughs> on Online. Online. On the Paul.tay.com. And yeah. Instagram or do you Instagram? I am on Instagram. Okay. Generally, you'll see a lot of my expressions of passion on my Instagram story. Yes. Your Instagram stories <laughs> are highly entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think they're funny, but I know that the jokes don't always land because some people don't like that kind of humor. So if you like anything I said today, then please follow me because then you'll be delighted by other things I have to share. (laughs) If you didn't like it, then uh, I hope that we can still be friends somehow. And if you really didn't like it, then uh, I still respect you. That's a very great mature attitude. Thank you, Paul. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, subscribe and leave a five-star review. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been leaving really, really touching reviews. I am I got a recent uh, message from somebody who's going through a hard time in their life and that 
I helped somehow and that I almost cried. Um, it's really great to know that it makes an impact. So if there's somebody that you want to share this podcast with, I encourage you to share it. Um, I'm learning how to ask for people to do things like <laughs> that's my ask. Also, uh, please follow first of all pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you are so inclined and support this podcast at patreon.com slash first of all podcast, you can find us on Apple podcast, Google play, Stitcher, radio, public, Spotify, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Thank you to radio public for the shout out recently on Twitter. That was amazing. And thank you to Marvin Yue, my producer, audio engineer, and Yay, Marvin. Yay, Marvin. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger. And oh. shout out to the Potluck Podcast Collective, where we are a community of Asian American storytellers. Um, it's been awesome to continue to grow. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.